Blog Talk Radio. This is the Change Book Radio Show, global insight and inspiration for life and business. We're brought to you by the fastest growing personal development book series in the world titled The Change. And I'm your host and voice, Stacey Carnaluni, transformational leader and coach, international best-selling author, and founder of High Powered Success Academy and StaceyC.com, The Power to Be. Welcome to The Change. Welcome, friends. I'm so excited that you're back for another edition of the Changebook Radio Show. We have got the generational guru with us today, and I am so proud to call her a friend. Um, I met Sherry a while back. It's been a few years in this amazing mastermind that we were in, but I, um, I can't wait for you to meet her. So welcome to the show, Sherry Elliott Yuri. Thank you, Stacey. I'm really excited to be here, and thank you for having <laughs> me on your show. This is wonderful. Awesome, awesome. I'm going to go ahead and introduce you, and then we're going to get right to the juicy stuff. So Sherry is an award-winning author. She saw that a framework was needed in which the power of understanding and acceptance of generational differences could be harnessed and put to productive use in the marketplace, workplace, communities, in everyday social life, and in the home. I love that you include all of that. It's so very important. In becoming the expert at generational differences, she travels the country educating audiences on the challenges that can arise and the solutions to help everyone achieve success. Included in this podcast today, we're going to expand on the topics relevant to today's challenges that consumers face as they seek to connect with the millennials. I am so excited to talk about this topic. This generation is powerful and so influential. So this is going to be a great show. And I know that it's relevant to everybody. And I'm glad that you talked about, you know, in community, in homes, as well as the marketplace. It's just uh, really, really, really good stuff. So talk to us about your energy right now. Where's your energy at today? My energy it is at top level. I just had a phenomenal day with a friend celebrating her and her new ideas for a book. And and now I'm focused just 150% on millennials and helping them grow and be the best leaders they can. And it's really exciting to do this work. I love it. That's so cool. That is so important. Your focus is all about the work that you're here to do, and you're doing it. You're being the change that you're hoping to see in the world. So that is um, a uh, a win. Absolutely. <laughs> That'll take you to the highest yes. level in no time. So good. So good. All right, you travel all over the world helping people. I kind of see your work as this, to help people see and celebrate and leverage the differences in one another. And that, uh, I mean, that's just an incredible, um, it's just an incredible thing. So talk to us about the kind of audiences that you speak to. Yeah, when I first started um, with my first book, it was like 2007, 2008, and I am a great HR person born and raised to work in the human resource area, not to stand on stage. So it was quite a transition for me um, because speaking or sharing my message, I didn't know what that meant. And so it's been a learned thing. And before I speak each time, I turn to a corner and I quickly um, center myself by praying. And that has really helped give me the ability as an introvert 
to this is how passionate I am about my message is that no matter how I know intrinsically as an introvert, I don't, but it is so important to me, this generational um, collaboration that I finally learned to realize where I needed my support. And I got that when I could pray before I spoke. And then it became about the message, not about mm. Sherry Elliott Yuri And what mm. was she saying? Did she make a mistake? No, it was more about, <laughs> God gave me the initiative to do this work, and he put that message so deep in me that he said, you're going to write a book about it, and then you're going to write another book about it. And and so that's really how it got started is just I felt this incredible prompting and knowing that this message was important to what was going on in the world of work, but also in our homes. And I had a 16-year-old when I was writing my first book, Ties to Tattoos, and I fired her three times, and that's never a good move when you're the mom, right? (laughs) Never good, but it is. And she worked for me and 55,000 other people, and so she wasn't to get preferential treatment. But it would be like she'd be asleep at her desk or reading in the mailroom. So it looked like what I would think of as disrespect. And what it was is years later, I asked her, I'm like, well, what was really going on for you then? You know, I thought maybe she was just a, you know, a crazy teenager or whatever it is, but she was being disrespectful of me and the position. And she said, Mom, I was done my work. I didn't have anything else to do. So I didn't (laughs) think it was wrong. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. What a, I mean, this is like a vast misunderstanding, right? So no one taught mentored her that when she was done her work, the expectation was not set that she should come and ask for more. But then also on our leadership and our management style, we did not think until we knew more about this generation that we actually had to give them more concise, specific guidance and follow-up because we just thought they knew. That's the wrong thing. They don't just know. And so that's that we have to be there to help and support and guide them. In our home oh. and in our work. Yes. That is so good. It's the meanings that we attach, right, to the things that happen in our life or the behaviors of others that cause all the conflict. And if we can just get, a, you know, a conversation going about that, like what exactly was going on? It's just, boom, it's gone. You know, years of conflict that could be going on in the workplace or in the home can be, can be like, boom, gone in one minute probably that's in one minute yeah and so it's funny i stand on stage and i talk about like we need to get uncomfortable we need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable if we're going to learn about others and so i play the song respect by aretha franklin yeah and i am not a great dancer but I stand on stage in front of absolutely everybody, and I'm like, R-E-S-P-C-T, you know, and I'm dancing, and I'm like looking like a fool, but uh, they're dancing too, and they get it, and then when the song ends, we only play 30 seconds, because that's all I got, and um, <laughs> at the end, I'm like, okay, think about it this way. We all just want to be respected for who we are and the yeah. contribution we make. So it takes out culture, it takes out age, it takes out everything. And I'm like, and if you can just remember that, when you are up against a collision with somebody who's different than you, who does things different than you, just stop and show them that respect. And that's going to bridge that gap all the way across. That's awesome. So good. 
All right. So your clients say consistently you receive this feedback that your research makes you relevant. And that's so very, very important that we balance our presentations with a lot of research to back up why we're doing what we're doing. But it's your presentation style that makes you interesting and fun. So share a few of the staggering statistics that kind of wake us up to the need for your work. Well, right now, in um, 2019, over 55% of our workforce is millennial, and we now have a lot of baby boomers, on average 10,000 a day, retiring, according to Bureau of Labor Statistics. So we have this mass exodus of people in the baby boomers, which we are knowledge capital. We have learned on the job. And as I tell my clients and people I speak and train for, a baby boomer retires, and what they take with them is everything that you taught them for the last 30 years. And then they become these things called consultants, and we charge <laughs> twice as much. <laughs> so if that's not a business case right there, and then on top of that, you have millennials going, um, I don't know what to do. And the people who could train them, we've let them retire without having a program or something in place to mentor and bring upon this next generation. And, and we have a talent gap. And that's mm. really one of the biggest reasons. Is, is It's needed because we want more inclusion and engagement in the workplace, but we need people to run our businesses. And that's mm -hmm. the bottom line. There's no organization without the people. And we need the people to feel like they have the tools necessary to do their work. And that's where millennials are missing their soft skills. They don't know how to have difficult conversations. They're adverse to any type of conflict. They need and require more molding, more coaching, because they, they've not had that at home. And so mm. this is why it's so important for for any type of organization, whether it be for a paid position or not paid, if they're in a volunteer role, how you motivate and engage somebody of this generation versus somebody um, of a baby boomer would be totally and terribly opposite. So mm. it's figuring out what the code is, how to crack that code. Uh, and so your your book right now is called, I don't even think I said it, I'm so sorry, um, Cracking the Millennial Code is the title of your three book series that we're talking about today, Marketing and Managing and Motivating Millennials. But you brought up such uh, an important point that really our greatest you know, contributions are the things that we do without even realizing it. And so here these baby boomers skip out not even realizing that their greatest value is, is things, you know, the things that they do without thinking really the relationship skills yeah. and all of that could be handed down in, in such a effortless way almost, you know, if we were just aware of it. So that's so cool that you're bringing the awareness is really what you're doing in order to. Well, the awareness that and, and, that, and that's helpful. But then also on the second side, a lot of baby boomers, go, okay, so my value to an organization has been I've known how to do this, whatever this is, for the last 35 years. When you ask them to share what makes them most valuable to their employer with the younger generation, there's a little, sometimes a little resistance because that's what makes me special. That's why I've got the job I've got. You've got the job you've got. So it has to be made a win-win situation for both the baby boomer to want to share with the millennial. So I call it reverse mentoring. And what can the millennial 
share and educate the baby boomer on. So they're both, awesome. it's an ebb and flow instead of a one-way um, receipt of information. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. All right, let's talk about the portraits and the DNA of these five generations, really, that are currently making up the workplace. Yes, so um, we have our years of birth, which I call, um, you know, our generational DNA. So certain things related to being called a baby boomer within that age. And then there's um, our generational personality, which is based on life events. And after I wrote my first book is when I started getting more and more research about people going, well, I don't really fit in that, but I fit over here. So once I started looking at the data and the information, a lot of it's based on where we grew up. Maybe um, our parents were divorced, and if you were the oldest, maybe that had an impact made you more responsible. Maybe you grew up in a different country. So it helps us to understand people have both. For me, I'm a Gen Xer by age, but I am a baby boomer by my personality, which mm. makes it a big difference for me, and um, it, it helps me understand both sides of it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you find that a lot of people connect with a generation that they're not technically a part of? A lot. That and and yeah. I tried this out with Chevron once, and uh, we did lanyards, and they went over to each station, and we were trying this on, and they, they'd look at the lanyard and go, oh, yeah, okay, so I'm I'm a baby boomer, and they grabbed the lanyard and said baby boomer, and after I explained the generations based on DNA and personality, I'm like, any of you want to go out and change them? Over 20% of them went back out and changed their lanyard, and I gave them permission to wear both. So yeah. if they were one age, but they felt like they fit into this generation, and I had millennials who really felt like they were more of a traditionalist, that they were more frugal, you know, they had respect for authority, um, they were loyal, they felt more like that because it was how they were raised, not anything about them specifically, but but how their parents raised them to be more like that other generation. Mm, that's very interesting. Or they could have been raised by their grandparents too. Right, so, right. You know, when that happens, yeah, most definitely there's an opportunity for that. Yeah, wow. So, so right is, now we have the five. Go ahead. Okay, tell us the five. Tell us the five. So the five are traditionalists, and they are anywhere from 75 to 97. And we have baby boomers, and they are 55 to 74. We have Generation X, the sandwich generation, age 39 to 54. Mm -hmm. And we have millennials, 22 and under, like 22 to 37. And then after that, we have Generation Z. And Mm -hmm. obviously, they're still in, like, more, probably more around your kids' age. You know, they finished high school, they're going off to college, that kind of age. Mm -hmm. And so there's not nearly as much about Generation Z, um, but most definitely, we're starting to see some more patterns for for them and what what matters for them. So those are the the generations that work interesting when I told you about generation uh, millennials being 55% of the workforce, about 2% of the workforce is Generation Z. And okay. so they're just barely entering into the workforce. It's d- dominated by millennials, and there's only okay. 12% of baby boomers. So baby boomers mm-hmm. are definitely leading out mm-hmm. the door for retirement. Okay. Okay. I'm very excited to see what Gen Z does. 
Me too. I can't wait. I think they'll take up some of the things they've learned from their millennial, you know, family and cohort, and they they have technology. And so it's going to be really great to see what they can create in this world for themselves. So cool. Okay, so talk about why millennials matter right now so much. Well, one, 55% of the workforce. So right mm-hmm. there, that's that, that's huge because it. I had a lot of clients back when I first did my first book in 2009 and talked about ties to tattoos, and they were like, oh, those millennials, ah, you know, and that was 10 years ago. Well, they <laughs> somewhat could afford to put their head in the sand back then, but now when over half of your workforce and not just your workforce, but your customers, millennials have the most spending power over any other generation. And here's another thing. Not only their money, but they have influence and spending power over your money, my money, grandma, grandpa's money. So this generation is significant. They are dominating the workplace and the business place when you're talking about how do you connect with these buyers who are so very different than the majority of the other generations. Mm, yeah. Wow. So, so they're making decisions talk- based on how much money, you know, what's being, how they buy, where they buy, they're delaying putting off buying a home, you know, those sorts of things. And so, yeah, I have real estate agents pulling their hair out going, how do I reach them? Where do I find them? I'm like, Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> social media, like video blogs, blogs, Facebook Live. <laughs> and they uh, I- look like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get on YouTube in order to reach my kid. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. T- tell us more about them. What else? What else about their personality or their genesis or you know what? What else can you tell us about millennials? You know, and this is one of the things I find so fascinating. Millennials really are the biggest difference for them is, is they have a lot of confidence, and this is the part that I. I believe so wholeheartedly and connect with this generation because they are excited. They have like popcorn ideas. And, you know, now that I'm past 50, I look at it and I go, I don't have that many fabulous ideas typically in a day, but they're so young (laughs) and fresh and excited for new ideas. Well, Mm -hmm. some employers go, oh, well, why are they just always wanting to know why? They're wanting Mm -hmm. to know why things are the way they are because they might have a different view of how to do it. And it might be a better way. And because they're looking at it from a fresh lens compared to the rest of us, they're probably going to have the answer you need to move your organization forward. Yeah. Because they're so darn excited. It's contagious. I want to yeah. create things when I'm around millennials. Yeah. And they do carry a confidence. And, and it might be misread as entitlement, you know, that whole entitlement conversation, but really it's a beautiful confidence. I know that, you know, somebody asked me, why are they charging so much money? I mean, the kid is 17 or 18, 25 years old and, and charging these exorbitant amounts, you know, for his services. And I said, but what a beautiful thing that they don't doubt the value that they bring to the world. Um, I would much rather have that and, and maybe, you know, a little bit of give and take rather than having somebody that doesn't even know their self-worth or the values that they, they bring to the marketplace. So it's a beautiful confidence that enables them to be able to ask why, right? Maybe our generation didn't ask why as often because we we didn't ask enough. 
Yeah. We were worried. We wanted to keep our job, right? We needed right. our paycheck and, and all of those things. And we had families to support. And, no, they want to know why, and it's never from a place of malice. They're interested, and they probably have good ideas. I say they're highly confident, except for in mm-hmm. sales. And okay. one of the reasons it's not in sales is because that's a lot of face-to-face communication. Mm. And it's not through text. And so, and you also, and the other thing in sales we hear a lot is no. So that's mm. the other challenge. It's not, it's helping them understand it's not no, I don't like you, because that's personal, versus no, I just don't want to buy your product today. Mm-hmm. And so I got to really test that out with um, the Dallas Mavericks. They were having high turnover in their sales team, and it was they were hiring them for their look and their education. But what they weren't thinking of is once these young people have been told no, it's it's hurtful to them because they feel like it's an attack on them when it's really just, I don't want to buy season tickets or I don't want to buy seats. But we had to pair them up with people who had been doing this longer so we could help them realize that. And so that, again, reboosted their confidence. And we could teach them how to have face-to-face communication instead of it. Yeah. This is so good. Wow. Just such, you know, these little life lessons kind of in perspective shifts that really bridge um, things so powerfully. Talk about the components of the code. So you have like this millennial code, and that's what the books are about, cracking this code. So what are the components of the millennial code? Yeah, so each book is still under crack the millennial code because to me the code to work with millennials is really is is based on the awareness and understanding of who they are. And that's that respect piece. But um, cracking the code, I was thinking of a Rubik's Cube when I first started thinking of them, and I'm like, oh, they won't get that. They'll just think I'm really old. (laughs) (laughs) What's a Rubik's Cube? I know, like, what's a Rubik's Cube? Who are you? (laughs) So, yeah, so the idea with these three books would – would succinctly address how do you crack the code and get to them as you're trying to market to them. And so, you know, that was the idea in the first one. And the next one was um, how do you attract them? A lot of clients I hear from are like, we don't know how to find them. Or when they get to the job, they don't like it and they quit. And, you know, this is everything from my client like Toyota all the way down to, you know, I just had uh, an individual State Farm office talked to me about, well, they're not even showing up for their interview. And so it's hard to know how to even attract this generation. If you don't have the answer, which is why cracking the millennial code to me was so important, was to provide strategies and answers to that to give employers and organizations the information so that they had what they needed to go out and to, to connect with this, this meaningful generation. Instead yeah, of standing wow. there with your head in the sand, it was like, hey, let's bring your head up, let's look at the light, and let's talk about some things you can do differently to help you reach this generation so that yeah. they can become your next uh, generation of consumers or leaders or volunteers. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. So good. Period. That's so it. Good. It's a, there it is. Okay, I, I had a friend say something the other day. She was I just said, drop the mic, and I was laughing because it was a podcast show. And I'm like, well, you don't just drop the mic and continue without your own show. But, you know, it is to me, it's like, period, that's it. They're important, just like any other generation. So, 
period. We need to know them and we need to love them. That's it. Yes, yes. And we need to grow up. Like, how can we stop our own growth? You know, that's what we're doing by not, you know, by refusing to um, find this or crack this code. We're we're missing out on so much growth ourselves. So um, beautiful work. So, so amazing. So this is what's keeping you lit these days is talking about these millennials and loving them and getting to know them. Yes. It is, and and I, as you you know, I spent about a year last year really in reflection and thinking, okay, do I want to continue on? I like kind of being on the cutting edge of something new, and so when I did my first generational book 10 years ago, I was kind of like, cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, of 10 years, you know, there's other people doing this stuff, and I'm like, well, you know, is it really, does the world need this message? from me or has it been done enough and I really spent a year going I don't think it's been done well enough only because I felt like we needed more information in a very succinct way of sharing it and that's what crack the millennial code came to me from it was just like let's just figure out how to do it so we can move on and get working together and you know creating some incredible workplaces and marketplaces so that was it is when i started writing it down in my notebook i went make millennials matter plus what matters to millennials equals mm. cracking the code ah uh, that's it and i and that's how the book started was just millennials matter and what matters to them matters, and that's how we crack the millennial code. So there oh, it was. Man. Oh, I love it. And you kind of got your fire back again. You know, I, I can totally relate to that feeling of, like, once somebody else is out there sharing my message, I lose all fire. Like, it's all gone. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. Oh, my gosh. It's like, no, no, no. I'm here to bring something fresh. I'm here to bring something to the world that's not currently here. And so if you've already got that, then it's time for me to get back into prayer, right? Go back to that quiet place and like, all right, what is it? What is it that I need to bring that's fresh and alive? And I I love also that you turn to prayer before you get in front of your people, because it really is God that's given us these, um, you know, these needs is really what, you know, he's given us solutions to some very real needs in the earth. And it's just such an honor and a privilege to be able to deliver them with such passion, you know, knowing that God has entrusted me with this and he's going to bring it um, to fruition. So I, I just love that. I love that piece. Well, we certainly can't do it on our own is what we, Mm -hmm. you know, I know you have talked about this and honestly growing up in another country, the way I did, my mother was raised us on welfare. We didn't have a lot of opportunities. And so for me to be sitting here and being able to work in an area that challenges me that makes me feel like it's God-given and it, and uh, that's the only way I'm able to do the work and deliver it, I'm like, I'm seeing miracles every day. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the really cool thing. So cool. So cool. I've got a book in the making right now. And just this morning I was talking about, you know, we can look outside of ourselves for these fixes and we can get some temporary relief. But the minute that you go inside, you really are looking for a miracle. You're connecting with a miracle. You are, you are partnering with the grace of God and in order to deliver something so beyond your own you know, self. So he connects you to some amazing people and resources and everything that we need to, to bring something big to the earth. So congratulations. 
Thank you. Thank you. And, and I absolutely agree with you because it does. It takes a miracle that, you know, only you can achieve through that. And other people um, show up in your life and help you do exactly what you were meant to do. And um, mm-hmm. that that is really awe-inspiring. I think it's helpful for millennials to see that you don't just have to work a whole bunch of hours or pay their dues. They hate when they hear that. It's mm-hmm. more about following your purpose, following your passion, you know, and that is where if you follow those, you will be led to doing what it is that you're meant to do in your yeah. work and in your world. Yeah. I've always um, talked about this with my coaching clients, like what if everybody was living their dream or what if everybody was in their lane doing what they were designed and destined to do? Like what would the world be like, you know? And I feel like we're getting closer and closer to that. Like with these millennials, I feel like they really raised the bar and they're not going to settle for some boring um, nine to five that doesn't light them up. And I think um, that's beautiful. It is. And and a lot of reasons um, it doesn't light them up is because just imagine they, they were raised by baby boomer parents who, you know, worked really hard and on average baby boomers have the highest divorce rate in the United States. So chances mm. are they're from at least one fractured home, if not two. Um, yeah. And so they saw that their parents ended up working all the time and they end up getting laid off when we had the big financial downturn, 2008, 2009. And so now their parents are divorced. Their companies weren't loyal to them. Their 401k is a 201k. They can't mm. afford to put them through college. So they're like, why would I do what they did? Yeah. You know, they're like, that's not what interests me. <laughs> so they're they're doing it the hell they want to do it because that doesn't work any longer. <laughs> I know. It's it sounds so disrespectful. Like, what part of stupid do you not get, you know? <laughs> like, there's nothing about that life that even appeals to me in the least. And so, um, you know, they just state the obvious. It's It's beautiful. <laughs> So yeah, they're not sure why they don't want it, but that's why, <laughs> to me, it's part of the cracking the code. It's like, oh, this is why. Because they've experienced this, they're choosing not to elect to have the same experience. Gotcha. Yeah. But it yeah. is. It's, it's something we need to be able to put the, the two together. It's not just because they're trying to be difficult. They're right. They're following their own journey. Yeah. Amen. That's so good. So what brought you to all this work? What got you here? Really, the fact that my daughter was fired three times working for me. Oh, you um, said that. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, but it really, no, but it was like the beginning for me. And yeah. I really didn't know. But then I left my corporate role as VP of HR and went and started my own HR firm. And she was 18 at the time. And, and a lot of my clients would complain about these kids you know, um, quotes, are these kids these days, and what's that shiny thing in their nose, and why are their pants hanging off their, you know, their <laughs> kneecaps, and that kind of stuff. So I'm like, well, what is wrong with these kids? And so I started looking, and I was like, well, there's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with us. We're just different. <laughs> That's it. That makes me laugh so hard. Like, isn't that so good to just say, okay, in, when I'm tempted to say what's wrong, with anything, how about if I just change it to what's right about these kids? What's exactly. right exactly. about that person? 
what is right, you know, and, and boom, immediately I opened myself up to bridging, you know, what, what is it that's going to be able to connect us to one another is, is the ability to be able to see the rightness in one another and to find that, that um, thing to celebrate, you know, it's, it's so funny. <laughs> so that was really what lit me up about it enough to write and to produce my first book, Ties to Tattoos. But Ties to Tattoos was all about collaborating, no, not collision, because we were having what I saw as collision moment. And uh, so it was more like let's collaborate that it collide, and we can do that by bridging the generational gap. And yes. so that's kind of where it started for me 10 years ago, and I was like the more I saw it, the more millennials were in, entering the workforce, it was like this is really an important conversation, and it's not going away. So it's, it's now my time to do something about it. So good. So good. Well, I just thank you for being on the show with us today and sharing this. It's really, really awesome um, what you're doing out there. And listeners, you can connect with Sherry and what she's doing at generationalguru.com. Is that correct, Sherry? That's what I that included. That is correct. In. Yeah. Okay. And what else do you want to say today? Do you have anything that you want to leave us with before we um, head on out? Yeah, well, I just want to say follow your dreams and your passions and the knowing. You may not know what it means, but follow it, and um, you will end up living the biggest, brightest, best life. And Mm -hmm. I really wish that for any millennials that may be listening or millennial parents or grandparents. Amen. Amen. Wise. Wise words. Absolutely. We all have an incredible plan um, buried deep down on the inside of us, and it really does express itself as as desire, and we, we, we need to let that light us up each and every day. So we need to connect with that desire. Thank you, Sherry, so much for being here today. And listeners, thank you. Thank you. It's been an honor. Awesome. Um, listeners, if you are ready to connect with your desires to find that meaningful work that you are here to do in the world and experience this life of having it all, Sherry, I crack up. Sherry, was that your first book? You can have it all. My second book. <laughs> your second book. Okay. And, and, oh my gosh, that's a funny story. You can um, have it all, just not all at once. Just all at once. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> But you, you know, there's a life that is just, you really are here to make a difference and to truly matter and connecting with that work is just uh, unlike anything. And I I do um, say bravo to the millennials that are are doing that very thing. And to all of you who are outside of that generation, just continue to dig deep and to dream big and to reach beyond your grasp because life is truly amazing when it's lived outside, you know, of that grasp outside of that comfort zone so if you're ready to be the change that you're hoping to see in the world contact me stacy s-t-a-c-e-y at stacyc.com and we can connect you to the resources and the programs or the book collaboration whatever it is that you need um, to be able to play a bigger game in this world Um, reach out and we can help you do that so thank you again sherry elliott yuri contact her at generationalguru.com and until next time don't forget to be the change you're hoping to see in the world bye for now bye bye